Brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. I'm your announcer, Papa Duke of PapaNews.com in Omaha, Nebraska, and in just a moment, we'll be joined by our co-host, Catherine Ironwood of LuckyMojo.com in Forestville, California, and by Contraband Ali of TheContraband.com in Michigan, California. This week, we'll be joined by a special guest from the Association of Independent Readers and Reworkers, John St. Germain of JohnStGermain.com in Knoxville, Tennessee, bringing us today's topic on the role of spiritual churches. Afterwards, they'll take your call and offer advice to address, ameliorate, and remediate your questions and problems about love, money, career, and spiritual protection using traditional African-American folk magic practices of hoodoo, contra, or rework as divine and prescribed by the greatest spiritual hoodooists of our time. You can learn a lot just by listening, but if you're selected among those who signed up at the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and called for the show, you'll be on the air and receive a free consultation. We'll be going to the phones in just a moment, but first, let's catch up with our co-hosts. Miss Cat and Tajamali. Miss Cat. Hi, thank you, Papa Newt, for that sweet introduction. <sighs> well, today we have a slight bit of rain and drizzle, but folks, I want you to know that Missionary Independent Spiritual Church is absolutely coming together. You know, um, many people know me as the pastor of a spiritual church and as well as a shopkeeper. And um, although this is the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour, and Lucky Mojo is a, a regular retail and wholesale shop for conjure goods that are all handmade, and I'm sure you've listened to our ads and know what we do and how well we do it. But on our same uh, piece of property, we've always had this little church, and we've held candle service, and we had different people have been deacons and helpers, uh, Reverend Ernest, um, and uh, uh, Deacon Yose have worked, and we've had other ones in the past burning candles for people. And, of course, again, I don't want to revisit old territory, but there's always someone new listening to this show. In July uh, 14, uh, 2017, our little church burned down after over uh, 10 years of being in place. And we have raised money through GoFundMe, and Daniel Smith and Rocky Carlson and Bo Balnadato are working on this church. And um, if you go to my Facebook page, which is Catherine Ironwood, you can see it. Or if you go to the Missionary Independent Spiritual Church Facebook page, you can see it too. We have progress photos. It's really coming together. Now, this ties in because, of course, our topic uh, tonight is the role of the spiritual church. And we'll get to that in a minute, but I just want to let all of my friends and all of the people who consider themselves part of the far-flung Internet congregation of Missionary Independent know, uh, just uh, go and look at the photos. It's so beautiful. It's all coming together. That church was never, you know, um, uh, anything but a little small church, smallest church in the world, we always called it. But it was so craftily detailed you can't buy a prefab that looks like it. You can't even buy lumber 
cut to make something like that. So it's being milled and cut all by Daniel Smith, who's a, a cabinet-level uh, uh, carpenter, but he's doing a building with cabinet joinery. It's just one of the most beautiful things in the world. And it's a reproduction of the original, which was built by a man named Don L. Burgess, who was an artist who was a hobby uh, carpenter and did beautiful work uh, as well. So that's my news from what's going on around here. The church is in a new location. You can go see the photos and um, follow along. We are uh, on schedule. It's happening, and um, we will continue. We're going to replace the stained glass window, just the same as it always was, and the glass. We're going to be using antique glass because we had had vintage windows in there. And um, so it's it's going to be pretty amazing when it's done. It'll... It, it has built into it some of the old pieces, too. And so don't worry, there's still pieces of the old church in the new church. And uh, I'm very, very pleased. I, You know, at, at my age and at my, um, you know, situation in life, you get used to setbacks. You get used to things happening. You know, you've had a divorce. You've lost a child. You know, uh, one of your businesses went away in a divorce. You know, things like that happen, a blood, a fire, whatever. Um but you know we are little um we are little self-directed individual sparks of the divine and we get up mm-hmm. and we shine and this church is shining again and I'm so pleased just so happy to see it well that's my news oh and I do have one other thing to say cuz I might not get to it at the end of the show the Hoodoo Heritage Festival this year new date well it's always on a new date but just want to let y'all know it will be in <laughs> April this year April 14th to 15th, and my apprenticeships, which is free to my graduates of my course, will be um, April 9th through 13th. You can read all about that online, but I just want to make sure I make that announcement every day, until every week until we get there. All right. Having said all that, how are things in your world, Conjurman Ali? Things are uh, great. I uh, just want to say I'm very excited to hear the churches coming along. I have very... Uh, I'm very fond of the church, so uh, hearing it through you, I am vicariously feeling the excitement. Um, so I'm very excited to see that it's rebuilding and, and growing again, and that's going to be fantastic. Um, things are, are busy and, and fun on my end of things. I uh, enjoyed the Thanksgiving uh, weekend, so happy late Thanksgiving to everyone, as well as uh, a recognition that some people for many people, it's, it's not a celebration, but a day of mourning. Uh, so recognize that as well. Um, it's been a, a busy, busy month, uh, but a good month. Uh, we Tauruses do enjoy keeping ourselves busy. Um, and I'm very much looking forward to uh, the month of December and the holiday work that's kind of initiated with, with the Thanksgiving. Um, this is always the season when people are doing stuff like reconciliation work, trying to keep families together, uh, uh, bringing home people who may be away, not necessarily reconciliation, but return to me, return safely. Uh, You need that break from being deployed overseas so that you can make it back for the holiday season. Work of that sort. And I enjoy doing uh, that type of work. It's always quite rewarding. So I'm very much looking forward to the holiday, holiday season of root work. And also looking forward to our topic, um, I think it's going to be a very fascinating discussion tonight. So very much looking forward to that. 
Yeah, I I am too, and there's a lot we have to say about um, all of this. Now, one thing before we before we bring in uh, John Saint Germain, I want to just set the stage for what is the spiritual church and um, what makes a spiritual church a specific kind of church. So um, there is a, a web page at Air, and I hope the link is posted in the uh, chat room. But at AIR, there's a, a section called um, Working Within the XXX Tradition, Working Within the Christian Tradition, Working Within the Jewish Tradition, Working Within the Hindu Tradition. It's a section on religious traditions as they affect folk magic. And when you get into that section, you'll find that the spiritual churches are mentioned. And the spiritual church tradition is a... Uh, kind of complex. There is no one spiritual church. So there, we all know that spiritualism began in the 1850s, supposedly with the Fox Sisters in upstate New York and all that, and, and it gave rise to a religion which goes by the name of spiritualism. But it mm-hmm. spread um, around the world very rapidly, and that led to a different um spiritualist churches being formed and they use different um, liturgical and clerical structures they also sometimes had differing cosmological and theological beliefs but they were all spiritualist churches in that they all had as a foundational principle the idea that spirit survives death and that one can communicate with those who have gone before and also with other spirits. So among the early spiritualists, people like Pascal Beverly Randolph, who was an African-American mm-hmm. uh, spiritualist and um, what was called a, in those days a platform speaker or lecturer. He lectured on mm-hmm. spiritualism. And he also channeled or worked as a transmedium, bringing in the spirits of the departed for clients and also bringing in lecturers of the past. He was known, for instance, for... Um, bringing in the spirits of uh, philosophers such as Plato or Socrates. And he would, um, you know, more or less what we would call be uh, a channel or transmedium for them. He also um, was African-American, and spiritualism was at its outset uh, really composed of people who came from different denominations and who came from different cultures. There were, um, of course, Hindus who who all believed in uh, survival of the spirit because that's Mm -hmm. one of the precepts of Hinduism. And there were, you know, some Buddhists as well and different different people who kind of joined in to spiritualism. And out of spiritualism, there grew these different trends and waves. One of them was a, a man named Alan Kardec. That was his pen name, but Hippolyte Reveille was his actual name. And he founded a spiritualist church, which is actually known now as Spiritist. But it wasn't the only Spiritist church. Um, he... Uh, had a great influence in France, Spain, Portugal, and then in the Caribbean lands that had been colonized by the French and the Spanish, such as Cuba and Haiti. And we now refer to that as Kardecian spiritism. In Mexico, there was a man who was part Jewish, part Native Mexican Indian, and part Spanish, and he founded his own form of spiritism, which was called espiritismo, which just means 
spiritism in, in Spanish. But we now refer to that as Mexican espiritismo because it's different than the other kind. And the African-American uh, component of the spiritualist churches, during the Civil War, with the most of the spiritualist churches believed in abolition and they were very supportive of cultural diversity, racial equality, and also equality for women, female suffrage, and so forth. And after the... Um, era of World War One, when the Jim Crow laws began to be enacted in America and the people who were racists believed they had to make a big final last attempt to resegregate and make things much worse than they had been, the no, spiritualist course. church was, um, was encouraged to segregate, and they did. They got rid of and pushed out every so-called colored spiritualist church was ejected from the National Spiritualist Association of Churches, and they formed their own uh, Colored Spiritualist Church Association. Well, that didn't last forever, but there still are churches that are spiritual churches, and they usually call themselves spiritual rather than spiritualist, and there are still spiritual churches um, that descend from those spiritualist churches that were primarily had black uh, membership during the 19th century, and you can find them all over. Most of them are Christian. Not all spiritualist churches are Christian. But in the black community, when I grew up in Oakland, there were basically two kinds of spiritual churches, those that were primarily Catholic and those that were primarily Protestant. And you could tell by the form of singing that they used, <coughs> the form of liturgy that they used. Um, the the ones that I attended, um, uh, places that were... Um, had uh, well, particularly um, King Narcisse, who was from New Orleans. He was a Baptist from New Orleans, and he had churches in Detroit, Fresno, Oakland, and of course in New Orleans. And he was a very good singer. Um, we sang basically Baptist songs and had what would be called mm -hmm. a Baptist, Black Baptist style service. But messages were brought from the dead, and uh, spell work was done, and spiritualist. Um, tenants were held to. So with that introduction, I just want to kind of set the scene. The question is, what is the role of the spiritual church in hoodoo? What has it been? What is it? And, um, you know, uh, uh, in the chat room, uh, Nagashiva posted, compare Freemasonry and Prince Hall Freemasons. Exactly the same. There was a split. After the Civil War, the black Masonic lodges were cast away and formed their own independent organization. Um, actually, it actually had even started earlier during the War of 1812. And um, and those uh, separate but equal walls are now coming down. There isn't a black spiritual church in America that does not have some white congregants. And I don't think there's a white spiritualist church in America that doesn't have some black congregants. And I think that's particularly important to stress that we are reuniting um, what had been fragmented during the era of Jim Crow. All right, having said that, uh, let me bring in um, John St. Germain, and we will, I've left the history, but, um, but let's bring in John St. Germain, a spiritualist minister himself. Well, hello, Miss Cat and Nagashiva and Kajiman Ali and everyone else, uh, Papa Newt and everyone else out there. I'm glad to be here. So, glad to was, have you. What was the <laughs> what, what what was the question? <laughs> that was a lot of information. Well, 
<laughs> well, you know me. I'm always a little miss history. Um, but oh, let's talk about what is the role of the spiritual church in hoodoo. What, how have you known this during your oh. lifetime? I mean, you're a mature man of mature years, and I know you've been a spiritualist for many, many years. Um, knows, yeah. And let's talk about how, well, let's talk about, for instance, your church, Divine Harmony. Divine Harmony Spiritual Church has a history that goes back as fascinating. Why don't you start off with that? Okay, yes. Uh, well, what I've been able to determine about Divine Harmony Spiritual Church is that it was founded around um, somewhere in the 30s by the Reverend Adele Clemens, about whom until very recently very little was known. It was assumed that um, many people visualized uh, Reverend Clemens as a large uh, African-American woman, and uh, we were very surprised. I found I was able, through a lot of digging, to find newspaper articles about her. And uh, she did work in Harlem um, under mm -hmm. the uh, auspices of the controversial spiritual minister, Reverend Major J. Devine of Harlem Divine mm -hmm. Revelation Spiritualist Church, who had a following of thousands at one time. He was considered mm -hmm. a messiah and considered very dangerous by the FBI and the government. And they tried several times to shut him down without success. Uh, finally, they did um, after many attempts. But she worked under his auspices, and that's where the first uh, uh, Divine Harmony Spiritual Church was founded, was in Harlem, New York, in the mid-30s. Mm -hmm. uh, apparently, after the, um, the fall of uh, Reverend Major Divine, she moved to Wilkes Bar, Pennsylvania in 1947. That's the first time we see her um, uh, in uh, Wilkes Bar in a newspaper article. She claimed to be the uh, grandniece of uh, Samuel Clemens. And uh, I'm not sure that that can be verified because his uh, relatives were well known and very few of them had children. But um, <clears throat> it may, may have been a family legend. Uh, but what we do know is that she set up a shop where she was doing uh, what's basically aqua tents. She was hand-painting prints and having them framed. And um, she, um, her brother, John Clemens, in fact, owned a framing and art gallery in Wilkes Bar that's rather famous, a very mm -hmm. famous framer. Um, mm -hmm. So she had, these, uh, she had this um, gallery of uh, antique frames and art in her studio. And she also held private consultations there, and that was the second generation of the Divine Harmony Spiritual Church at 33 Market Street in Wilkes Bar, Pennsylvania. Uh, she advertised in many of the papers. We can find advertisements there. And the reporter described her as a very tiny um, white woman, blonde, with small, very mm. tight, curly blonde hair. And so we first, now we first. Uh, that's the first big revelation was that she was not a large uh, black woman singing in the choir with a booming voice, but a very tiny woman. And he said she had a bird-like voice, a very high-pitched bird-like voice. And um, so she founded the Divine Harmony Spiritual Church, and she preached the principles of divine harmony. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I, I cannot find her interpretation of that, but we do know she was a spiritualist. She was influenced by theosophy and by new mm -hmm. thought and from that, uh, you know, if you look up Divine Harmony, you find that Pythagoras discussed Divine Harmony. But uh, mm -hmm. the principle of that is that there is a, a, a harmonious um, vibration emanated from the divine mind, uh, from new thought, mm -hmm. and that by right thinking, you can, uh, you can exist in harmony with the mind of God. Mm -hmm. And that, uh, one of the principles of new thought is that wrong thinking leads to 
uh, wrong life. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. Mind states of mind internally manifest externally. So uh, it was believed by the early practitioners of New Thought that um, all psychological and even many physical ailments were caused by wrong thinking. And through the mind cure, by uh, correct thinking, you could you could cure many ailments. And you know, modern psychiatry believes the same thing that many mm-hmm. uh, many illnesses have a uh, psychological or psychiatric uh, foundation. And so, um, uh, you know, Phineas Quimby would go around people who were gravely ill, and 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 according to the literature, he cured a lot of people by teaching them mm-hmm. correct thinking, the mind cure, and many of the early uh, New Thought people did. And that's when, uh, you know, Christian science broke away. And uh, uh, mm-hmm. Mary Becker said, yeah, all I, I'm going to I'm going to butt in here because we got a question in okay. the chat room, and I'm kind of following the chat. Lady Marie Thoreau said, almost sounds similar to Christian scientist thought. Right. It is mm-hmm. similar, but Christian science was a breakaway from yes. the mental uh, science and right. – and had its own doctrine that was so strong that they later cut all ties with the New Thought movement. But, yes, right. they and did come new thought, up New Thought cut ties with them, too. Yes, New yeah, Thought yeah. cut ties with them. They, they, it was a mutual parting. <laughs> yeah, because Christian science said you know, diabetes could be cured. Cancer could be mm-hmm. cured. You didn't have to go to doctors. And uh, mm-hmm. you know, New Thought never, never said that. Uh, and, you know, many, uh, many – you know, Stanley Blythestone, who worked with the Three Stooges uh, – Died. He, he was a Christian scientist, and he died because he wouldn't take insulin. Uh, very Gene talented Harlow, comedian. Gene Harlow died of a, of a, a kidney infection. Same thing. Her mother was a Christian scientist. But you know, I'm not here right. to talk about how bad Christian science is for medical problems. Right, right. But new, but but I am here to say that New Thought churches and spiritualist churches do not forbid medical practice. That's very That's important. That's correct. Mm-hmm. One of the things I emphasize is um, that. Medical science and mind cure work hand in hand. That we know that the mm-hmm. mind has a great deal of influence on healing, and doctors will tell you the same thing: that your attitude has a lot, your your faith in the doctor has a lot to do with your recovery. Even in things like dentistry, uh, your faith in your mm-hmm. dentist will have a lot to do with how well your uh, dental procedure goes. Even in simple things like that. Um, uh, yeah, and I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to throw in another idea here too. One of the sure. things that I saw in spiritualist churches were message-bearing services um, in which mm. uh, doctors of old were called upon, yes. so mm. that a diagnosis or a recommendation, for instance, I'm going to give you an example. This was in one of these uh, spiritualist churches in Oakland. So a woman said that she needed healing. And the uh, reader or message bearer brought in a doctor who actually had a name, but I don't remember the name. I'm sorry, it was so long ago. But it wasn't a famous name. It was just this, I, I found Dr. You know, so-and-so, Dr. Wentworth, I'll call it. And Dr. Wentworth says, yes, you can be cured, but you need to go to a doctor. And this is how you will know the doctor. And I will put into the doctor's mind that you are a special uh, patient. And then the doctor was described by this other doctor. Your doctor will be a tall, thin man. Your doctor will have um, his medical license hanging on his wall where you see it when you walk in the door. Your doctor will have long, narrow fingers. Um, if you if you get an appointment with a doctor that does not have long, narrow fingers, that's not your doctor. Now I will tell you what's wrong. And then this uh, spirit, doctor in spirit, began to say, 
there's something wrong with, you know, whatever it is, your stomach. And the person agreed. Yes, that was indeed what was wrong. And the the spirit, doctor in spirit said, you must find a medical doctor immediately, and you look for this tall, thin man with long, narrow thing, fingers. And so spiritualist churches uh, are not, uh, they are not new thought, all of them, but many of them are mm-hmm. new thought. There's this kind of intertwining Correct. with new thought. Well, but new thought churches are not necessarily spiritualists. In other words, someone mm-hmm. who believes in the law of attraction may not believe in the existence of spirit after death. And so a, a church like like ours, Missionary Independent, or a church like yours, John, Divine Harmony, mm-hmm. we are new thought slash spiritualist or spiritualist slash new thought. We work with the spirits, and we also work with... a affirmations, the law of attraction, mm-hmm. and other uh, mental science ideas. Now I want to bring Ali in because he's been mm-hmm-ing in the background. I know he has something to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you, uh, in many ways, you, you were very hoodoo psychic there because you mentioned the intersection, and that's what I was going to highlight, is that, yes, New Thought and spiritual churches do intersect, but they're not always the same. And I think that's the key to remember, that there is overlap. These traditions in, in, in intersect with one another, but they don't necessitate that one equals the other. Now, I think mm-hmm. for me, uh, I, I should highlight that when it comes to, I want to bring this back in some regards to hoodoo and, and the way and, and how this plays a role in the life of, of black Americans and, and uh, the work that we do as, as hoodooists. Um, I have always argued, in, in my humble opinion, that there are three centers by which hoodoo as a tradition has been passed down, has been preserved, has been taught, and where you can find services. The first has always been family traditions, right? Hoodoo is first and foremost a tradition of people, and it is passed down from grandmother to to grandchild, from mother to daughter, from father to son, from uncle to nephew, uh, from cousin to cousin, and so on and so forth, that they, this is a family tradition or a series of family traditions. Now, that doesn't always mean that you get a series of spells passed down or some type of spell book or book of shadows. Not necessarily true. More often than not, it's simple ways of cooking, what you need to do to keep the home happy, what you need to do when someone is feeling sick um, and you don't know where that sickness has come from, what to do when you feel like your money is really tight. Those type of ways of thinking or tradition passed down. The second is, is uh, for supply shops. Um, and that for some reason, there's some purist ideas that try to dismiss the supply shops, but that's totally ignorant of the history of hoodoo. Supply shops are one of the core elements that have passed down hoodoo, that have provide services, that have taught hoodoo, and, of course, provide supplies. And then the third is uh, the spiritual churches, which is often also overlooked. Spiritual churches play in a very, very important role in hoodoo. Um, not only do they create, not only are they really uh, a form of backbone uh, for spirituality in the same way that the black church does, that the Baptist church does, um, but they, have in many ways, replace some of the more quote unquote traditional churches in certain regions. If you go to certain places in the country, the spiritual churches are the heart of where. Uh, people's worship is, where people's prayers are, and where they go to learn about spirit, go to commune with spirit, and develop that connection. These are the three core kind of epicenters, if you will, of the hoodoo tradition. So this isn't just a a sort of historical 
um, oh, you know, curiosity. Oh, the spiritual churches. No, no, they have a very deep connection to hoodoo uh, and black American culture, and I think that's something that we need to emphasize um, and remember. That's a, that is so well said. And I'm, I'm going to just uh, say here that um, uh, right before this radio show, I got a phone call at the church. Now, the church line still rings, even though the church building doesn't exist at the moment in its fullest form. But I was walking by on my way to come up here, and I was early. I was about uh, 45 minutes early, and I thought, well, I'll just come up and do a little bit of, you know, clean up and stuff. And But the phone rang, and I picked it up, and it was a woman calling from Illinois. And mm-hmm. she and I got into a conversation. She wanted to book a reading with me, and I said I wasn't really available right then because I'm not. And uh, I had, I was, uh, you know, you have to pre-book me. But we began to talk, and uh, we began to talk about, um, various things. We got very friendly. Never, never had a long conversation with this woman before, and I'm not going to speak her name, but she was an African-American woman, um, a grandmother um, in her 60s. And she herself did readings for people and was uh, clairvoyant, and she had purchased our products in the past and used them with her clients. And then we began talking about church, and she told me um, a beautiful way to do um, a health uh, uh, cleansing, uh, just quick for yourself. And I asked her, "Where did you learn that?" It was just a, it was just lovely. It was a very simple procedure that anyone could do. And she said, "Oh well, I, you know, I, I learned that in church." And I asked her, "What church was that?" And she said, "It was a spiritual church." Now this was a, um, a what I would call a, a hoodoo way of working, mm-hmm. but she learned it in a spiritual church. So to me, this was, and I knew what our topic was going to be today, and I just wanted to bring this along as this is a living a tradition. Um, mm-hmm. This is not something that has been um, corrupted or um, pushed aside. This is not something that must be replaced with other religions. In other words, mm-hmm. the the this woman who was a, had you know was at what I would call of the Baptist spiritualist type. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, she grew up in um, in Chicago land area. She knew the same things that I knew from Oakland. We were able to relate on a level that some people de- devalue it. They say, "Well, this isn't pure African," or, mm-hmm. or they say it's not it's not pure Christian. Yeah, um, it's yeah. not. Some people say, "Well, it's not pure spiritualism because white spiritualism would not include um, a spell that includes you snapping your fingers at different." I mean, you know, it was, it was a, a very specific spell, and I'll, I'll share it someday. But, um, but, and of course, credit her because she taught it to me. But the point I'm trying to get to here is that if you don't look deep enough, and I know that a lot of our listeners to our radio show, a lot of my customers and clients in my shop don't really connect with black American traditions. And, of course, they all say, well, why should we listen to you, Kat? You're Jewish. But I I do honor and respect the tradition that I was brought into and made part of. And I think that's true of all three of all four of us mm-hmm. here tonight. And, and we know that this is not a dead um, historical um, mm-hmm. Lineage. This is living. It. I mean, she just. I mean, to me, it was a message from spirit. It was a message from God. Phone rings, and there's a spiritualist minister on the phone mm-hmm. with me. She had sure. no idea I was doing this radio show. So 
what I'm trying to get at here is that the role of the spiritual church is very important among the most traditional practitioners of hoodoo. Now, I don't mean people who said, oh, I'm going to go be uh, studying uh, Buddhism or I'm going to go be studying um, whatever it might be, uh, Haitian voodoo, or I'm going to be studying um, ceremonial magic or Palo. I'm talking about people who grew up in their community, who were part of their community and are still part of their community. This woman, on the other hand, she's an elderly woman now. She's been to Africa. She's been uh, all around the world studying spiritualism everywhere. But she came home to Chicago because that's where she's from. And one of the things about spiritualism is what I say, it's hiding in plain sight. It's part of the bedrock of hoodoo, the spiritual Mm -hmm. churches, the spiritual ladies. Yeah, there are Baptists who do it. Yeah, there are Catholics. But it's the spiritual churches, churches like like um, King Narcissus Church, that that were where you could go to get um, a healing service, where you could go to get a love help, where you could go to get anything. That is, they're integral to um, African American culture, and they are the one religion that does not condemn uh, working um, magic. Mm-hmm. Right. They are okay with it. Right. They're okay with it. <clears throat> that was beautifully said, Kat. Absolutely beautifully said. And I think it's a, that the call to remember it as a living tradition um, is so important here. And, you know, you mentioned uh, healing, and I can tell you some of the most beautiful uh, healing works that I've seen have always come out of the spiritual churches. Candle healing, in, uh, in particular, some of the ways of working with candles. Mm-hmm. Um, we often talk about, for example, egg cleansings. But I've seen people mm-hmm. use white candles in almost a similar fashion, the rolling of the candle or the, the candle that is put above the head and moved in a circle to draw things out. These are very old ways of working that people are still mm-hmm. using to this day, and they come out of the spiritual church. And that's where we really see the overlap with Candle magic with hoodoo, um, and work working with spirit. Yeah, you you just you just mentioned a really important one: the candle services, in which mm-hmm. the candles are moved around. You would be given a candle to hold. Um, someone would pass yep. or hold candles or pass them around you. Uh, of course, not touching your body. This was a very mm-hmm. important form of service. And I'm going to mention another service that I used to love when I was a child, and these were called flower services. And everyone was to bring flowers to the church, and the flowers, you know, everyone who was a member knew you need to have a certain amount of stem on them or whatever, and you clusters and bunches of flowers. And these would be held in the spring. And when the flower service happened, you would bring flowers, and they were put into vases at the altar. The minister would deliver a um, a, a lecture or speech on the life of a flower, And the life of a flower is brief, just as our lives are brief. And the flowers come in many colors. They have many talents. They have many styles. And it would be about diversity and unity. And it would also be about enjoy the life you have. But as the life of a flower, which is gone in an hour, the plant remained. And the plant um, is is still there. And so then we would be um, come up in, you know, and... um, we would receive flowers, but we would get flowers that were not the flowers we had brought. And mm. we would 
uh, we pray, we play, hold our flowers or a little bundle of whatever it might be, you know, azaleas or whatever it was, and be and we would pray just a brief prayer, and then we would take our flowers home and put them in a vase and watch them bloom and die, and we would contemplate. But after death, we survive. It was a very, um, very moving type of ceremony, and I. It's been a long time since I've attended a flower service. You can find photos of some of the old flower services online. I believe there's some stuff at the Library of Congress that documents that was made by Gordon Parks, perhaps. And there are other people who've documented those types of services. So, John, do you hold flower services? Yes. I have have, uh, performed flower blessing services, yes. and variations. I've attended uh, some very similar to the one you have, and um, I've performed uh, two variations uh, or several variations of them. Uh, on some, I have provided the flowers and blessed them and given them to the people who attended to take home and plant. And mm-hmm. uh, the idea, and uh, we we do pass them around and we kiss them and bless them. Everyone who attends, mm-hmm. and then everyone takes them home. And the idea mm-hmm. is that the uh, the heter the heterodyning of the blessings are shared. Right. The well wishes of the congregation are shared and gathered together, and it forms a network. And then we take them home and plant them in our yard uh, or mm-hmm. uh, in the house, and uh, uh, and they grow. And the other is that everybody brings flowers and they uh, give them to someone else after they're blessed. That's so right. That's you, another. That, yeah. yeah. Those are the two different forms. Yes. And right. And, there are other. There are other types of services that are held um, in spiritual churches that are similar to but different than those held in mainstream Christian churches. I also mm-hmm. remember one that was a blessing of bread, and everyone bought bread. And we were told, if you, if you don't you don't have to bake your bread if you can't br- bake it. Just bring a loaf of Wonder Bread if that's all you can bring. But we're going to bless the bread, and then we're going to break bread, share it, and then everyone takes bread home. That was beautiful types of services that were held in these churches, along with message bearing from those who have gone before. All right, well, we can go on with this. We might want to do a second show on spiritual churches because, oh, seriously, sure. it's a big topic. It's it's a huge topic, and um, and I have a lot to say. I'm sure John does and Ollie, too. Well, we're going to turn this over to Papa Newt, and we're um, going to go to our first reading. The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour with your hosts, Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ali, and this week's special guest, John St. Germain, will be right back. We'll be taking calls from our listeners, answering their questions through spiritual divination, and prescribing down-home conjure remedies and remediation. Our calling clients are selected from among those who have filled out a short questionnaire at the Lucky Mojo form at form.luckymojo.com. You can listen to the show online through Blog Talk Radio or via telephone by dialing 818 394 if you filled out a client questionnaire at the forum, please dial in now to 818-394-8535 and press 1 to let us know that you're available to be on the air. We will select callers by their area code, and if your area code is announced, we'd like you to say hello and let me, your announcer, Pop and Newt, read a brief description of your situation before turning it over to our host. Now it's time to go to the phones and take our first caller. Our first caller has been on the show in, uh, in the past a number of times. We do like her. Doc Murphy from 651 in St. Paul. Doc Murphy, are you there? I am. What a sweet thing to say. How are you? <laughs> Doing well. Welcome back to the show, hon. Now, I see that uh, last time you called, those conditions have changed, and you're not calling about uh, an update. Is that correct? That's correct. 
All right, let's take a look here. Uh, all right, now I do see here you had had a reading um, with Professor Ames and Deacon Millett setting a light on this current situation, but no other readers, is that correct? That's correct. All right, thank you. And Dr. Murphy writes, recently I'm at a relationship's end, one that I thought was the one. His issues were inability to move past the, the pain of his last marriage. He hasn't responded for weeks, and I told him goodbye, but told his 13-year-old son he could stay in touch, and he has. Question, is the relationship over? Is it ended with the promise of a sequel, or might there be a chance this continues later on. Turn back to you, Ms. Cat. All right. Hi, Doc Murphy. So I'm going to um, ask a couple of questions. Um, you know me, I always ask a couple of questions. And this is also for um, John, because I don't think that John has ever read for you, although I haven't. So uh, has I, I have not. You have not. Okay. So let's find out. Doc Murphy, what sign of the zodiac are you? I am a Cancer, Aquarius, Moon, Capricorn, Rising. Okay. Cancer, Aquarius, Moon, and what? And Capricorn, Rising. It's an interesting combination. Now this, um, um, so this person, um, what is he? Scorpio, Scorpio, Moon, and I don't remember his rising sign, but it's something like Libra or Virgo, something really balanced. Okay, so the man is, we're just going to say the man is basically Scorpio. Yeah. Okay. All right. So um, I'm going to um, try to answer the question, which is, and then we're going to turn it over to John, okay? Um, first of all, a Scorpio man, when they make their mind up, do tend to be pretty stubborn. Cancer and Scorpio, as you know, go very well together because they're both water signs. <clears throat> Um, uh, I'm going to just do a three-card cut. And as I understand it, the question is, um, is the relationship over? Is it ended? Or might there be a chance? Okay. So uh, card number one is um, a kind of an interesting um, card that's kind of dim and bad. <laughs> it's the card of the tower. Um the card of the tower shows total ruination, something completely broken, and it's broken on the male side of the um, issue because the tower looks like a, a sort of a phallic form. It has a crown on top that could be said to represent the crown of the head or the crown chakra, but also is formed in such a way it looks like the glands of a penis. And this um, shows that the breakup or the falling down is occasioned by the man, not by the woman, generally speaking. And it is a very bad sign. Usually, if you wanted to do a one-card cut, boy, that's it. I mean, it just says the tower. However, the next card is a card that is a bit on the more hopeful side. It's it's called the Six of Cups. And it shows two children in a courtyard exchanging golden precious cups and there are jasmine flowers in the cups and jasmine is called the psychic flower because it blooms at night and its fragrance is carried by moonlight in the still air 
and when people are dreaming. And so it's a, a flower of dreams and psychic visions. So this card shows two children who exchanged cups in what might be considered a pantomime or um, analogy to a marriage, but it's not a real marriage. It's like they're playing. They're playing at marriage. And they're inside a courtyard, of you know, which is protected. But there's a symbol on the uh, pedestal in the courtyard, which has a, another one of these cups with the jasmines, and it's a X or crossroads. And we know that when they leave that courtyard, they will go into the wide world, and they will go their separate ways. So how long have you known this person? We were together for about two and a half years. Okay. Well, this says to me that either you're going to find someone from your childhood who will be right, or that you will stay in touch with this person, this this now-gone partner. You will stay in touch psychically, but you may not see each other for a while. Okay? And um, I know being in touch with someone psychically is cold comfort when you used to have them in your bed. Um and it's not the same as, you know, getting up and having breakfast with them. But there is some link here that is psychic. I would consider, and we'll get to that, um, how you can keep that link alive, even though you both go your separate ways at the crossroads. The third card is um, the Queen of Cups. And this is the water sign queen who is a psychic. So again, I almost feel like I could say to you, you can see, you can read, you almost don't need me or anyone to read for you. You can see what destruction happened. You can see that, that things fell apart. But um, you may uh, stay in touch in some way. That doesn't mean that having a a uh, spiritual ghostly relationship with this person would be a substitute for a full-bodied fully satisfying in-person relationship, but it tells me that the two of you are not quite separated spiritually yet. There will be, there is something, but I don't see it as a love affair. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Okay, so that's how I read it. Um, now, of course, everyone sees things differently. I also do say that, again, most of the um, spiritual aspect of this is on you, the Queen of Cups. Okay, I mean, in other words, he may not be as psychically connected to you as you are to him, but you can almost watch him from a distance. Now I'm going to turn this over to John and see what he has to say. Uh, thank you, Miss Cat. Uh, I'm using uh, the Lenormand deck, and uh, <clears throat> I'm going to tell you that I have three cards, and I have a couple off to the side, but the three that I have, I have the mice, I have the child and I have the gentleman, and that's uh, very interesting, I think. Uh, The mice show a a small family of mice chewing away at a cheese that they have stolen, and the child is a child playing a game with uh, total unconcern of anything dark or bad that goes around them. And the third is the gentleman. That's the man in the picture. Um, And we do have a child and a man here. Uh, The mice can indicate a, num- a number of things because of the amorphous nature of Lenormand Oracle. But in this case, I think it means concern or worry. And I think that what this is saying, it, uh, Doc, is that the uh, 
it's hard for you to let go of this because you're worried about the man or the child. You're worried about their safety or you're worried about their health. Um, so I think that you have taken um, responsibility um, for them. You're worried about their uh, psychological well-being, um, their emotional well-being. Um, you may feel like uh, it's your responsibility to keep them as a friend of mine used to say, it's your responsibility to keep them alive. You feel a great sense of responsibility for them, and uh, it's hard for you to let them go. You've uh, taken them under your wing uh, as a protective influence, and it's hard for you to let go of that. Um, it's almost as if you can't cut that sense of responsibility to them, and you worry about them. It's probably hard for you to sleep at night. You worry, are they okay? Are they okay? And um, that's a very difficult uh, emotional connection to break, more more so than just love, that sense of responsibility that I have to make sure that they're okay. And I think this is why you're staying in touch with the child as well, because you want to make sure he's okay. Um, and I, a lot of times people stay in touch with the children to uh, get information about their ex-lover, but I don't think that's the case with you. I think you want to make sure that, that he's okay, and uh, yeah. this, yeah, this, and this is uh, uh, almost impossible to let go. Now, you want to know if there's going to be a reconciliation? Uh, I don't think so, but I think that there can be a um, a friendship between you and the young man, uh, uh, a mentorship. But uh, between you and the father, I don't think it's a good idea. Um, he holds you back. I'm, I'm just going to be blunt. He holds you back, I think. And I don't think there's much you can do for him anymore. But the young man, um, I think you can be a, a mentor. You can be a mentor to him. That can work. The The father, he's an anchor. The uh, young man, he can be helped. Um, I think you can open doors for him. You can show him things that he wouldn't be seen. Uh, I don't know where the mother is in the picture. I don't see her at all. And, um, uh, and I, I don't didn't think either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I don't. I, I don't. Is, uh, I don't see the mother um, in the picture as a influence at all. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was gonna say she. She is uh, um, uh, involved very lightly. She has a very little custody of him, um, but the son sees her um, every other weekend uh, yeah. during the school year. Yeah, I bet she doesn't. She does just enough to make herself feel good about it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Just just enough to make herself feel good, and not not for him, but for her. She goes, okay, I've done my part. You know, I feel good about myself now. Go home. And mm-hmm. this is a terrible, terrible thing for a child. And so you've become, uh, your you know, your sense of responsibility is, you know, what is he going to do without you? You know, you're the you're the mother, and you're the uh, you want to show him that not all women are like that. You know, that women can be caring. And supportive. That's very important to him growing up. You know, that's going to affect how he sees women. And if he sees women, all women like his mother, he'll never be able to form healthy relationships with women, regardless of his gender arrow. You know, if he's gay, if he's straight, if he never learns to trust women uh, and see women as supportive and kind, uh, that will affect him in a very damaging way. So you are very important to this young man. Now, the father, you know, you know I, don't, I don't know if you can do much for him. But the young man, I think, is is the key role, uh, the key player in this reading that I have. Um, uh, the father, I don't, I don't think you can budge him much. Um, there's, 
some friendship you can offer him. But it's almost like you are the surrogate mother to the young man. And I think that that's not um, entirely um, uh, functional right now, but you can be a mentor and a friend and a confidant and everything that he's not getting from his mother, his biological mother. Um, All right. I'm going to – Go ahead. I'm sorry. Okay, I hope it makes sense. I hope it makes sense. Yeah. Yes, it does. I was just going to jump. I'm going to jump in with something too. You may not know how much that son actually will remember the things you've said. That's all I was going right. to say. But the impact. The we, impact. Don't, we don't know what yes. impact we have, but there is some impact there. All right. Well, we're going to mm-hmm. turn this over to Conjurman Ali. This is an odd reading um, mm-hmm. because. Um, we see that there is a connection maintained, but it's not so much with this man, at least in the near future. Now, of course, you know, things change. Right, right. But let's see what what Contraband Ali offers. Yeah, I'm, this is a, a little bit of a strange reading, and and I, but I, I see where, where, what we need to take away from it. A couple of things I should mention. You said you were a cancer. As a cancer, you have a great capacity for, uh, healing, affection, and comfort. Um, it's what cancers do best. They are um, the most maternal of the uh, signs. Uh, maternal doesn't necessarily mean matronly or they want to be mothers, but they have that great capacity to be healers. I mean, the Queen of Cups is, is, is a Cancerian card, if I've ever seen one. Um, so bear that in mind that you can take on emotional burden. Um, to the degree that it can be detrimental to you. So offer offer the young boy, you said he's 13, I think, offer him a friendship, offer him an open door, offer him uh, to be a mentor should he need one. But don't also allow it to become an emotional burden, right? You cannot become wrapped up in in this 13-year-old boy if you're ending a relationship with this guy, Okay. And that may seem slightly cold, but it also has to be realistic, right? Offer him, right. oh, keep that door open so that should he need something, he knows that he can come to you. That's a great, great thing that you're doing there. But also don't spend the rest of your day calling him once a day, finding out how he's doing and getting so involved that you end up existing as a ghost in your former lover's life. You see what I'm saying? And that's very yes. important here. Um, so bear that in mind that, that um, you know, as a, as a cancer, you could have the potential to do that, and you don't want that to happen. Um, and Scorpios unintentionally can take advantage of that to some degree, right? They, they can be a little bit of a taker as a, as a zodiac sign. So you don't want to fall into that trap. That's some practical, earthy advice from me. I'm going to give you some root work that is going to address your situation. It's a, if things are meant to be, come back. If things are not meant to be, then go with my blessing type of working. Um, and it's really good, and it works well in this situation. Take a photo of uh, you, him, and the child particularly. Um, a, a happy photo that you guys have all taken together. If you don't have one, see if you can paste them together. Um, what you're going to do is then take this photo on the back, I want you to write a letter from your heart. Be frank, be open, tell him as if he was standing to you or as if you were writing that letter and hand-delivering it to him. Tell him how you feel, what you want from him, what you expect. But at the end of that letter, you are going to finish it with, if you love me, 
then come back. But if not, go with my blessing. That is how the letter should end. The beginning and opening, that's entirely up to you. But be as open and honest and put it all right in that letter. Take two bombs of Gilead, one to represent you, one to represent him. This is my heart, this is your heart, and you're going to place it in the center of the photo and fold it up. Place the folded photo on some type of heat-proof dish, a sensor, or a thurible. Get yourself some return-to-me incense and some blessing incense. And you're going to mix this together and create a small little cone of incense on top of the paper. So make sure you've folded it nice so that you can put that incense on top. Some people just burn it loose and they don't make a cone. That's fine as well. It'll just be an uneven burn. Bear that in mind. But if you want a nice and even one, you can make it into a nice cone. You're going to light that incense and let your prayers burn as an offering. As the incense goes up, pray to God. uh, Pour out your heart in this situation. And let the incense burn down. It'll take a few minutes. Do this for roughly about seven days. For seven days, do this when you feel, you'll feel a shift, right? Seven days, ideally, but you can do it more if needed. You'll send some type of shift. You'll know when you need to end. When the incense is burned down, make sure that you burn the paper as well. Take the match and just light the edges until the paper turns to ash. Fish out your bombs of the Gilead. Fish them out. You're going to hold on to that for a little bit. Mix the ashes and go to a crossroads and say, so-and-so, if you love me, then come back. Blow the ashes in whatever direction he is. I'm just going to take a little bit of understanding of directions. Is he east of you? Is he west of you? Etc. You're going to blow those ashes and you're going to come back home. You're going to hold on to those bombs of Gilead. You're going to place them under your bed for 21 days. If he comes back within the 21 days, now here's the key. What I mean by come back is not just call, but physically appears. This is important because Kat and and, and John St. Germain both notice a kind of spiritual, loose, ghostly connection. We don't want to call. We want him physically back. He may call and then come over. If he comes over, take the bombs of Gilead and bury them in your backyard to keep him with you. If he does not come back after 21 days, take the bombs of Gilead and take it to a running river, throw it over your left shoulder, walk away, and do not look back. That is your way of letting him go. Wow. That's wonderful. Beautiful. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you so much, Kanchmanoli, for that great root work. Um, now we're going to um, go back to Papa Newt. Support for this programming is provided by the Lucky Mojo Gyro Company in Forestville, California, and located online at luckymojo.com. And by the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers, AIR, a directory of ethical and authentic conjure practitioners, located online at readersandrootworkers.org. And by the Crystal Silence League, a free online prayer service of missionary independent spiritual churches, located online at crystalsilenceleague.org. Now it's time to go to the phones and take our next client. 
client. Uh, we are taking our next client straight from the queue. This uh, We are have our client calling in from area code 310 in Los Angeles. This is Lori. Lori, are you there? I'm here. Hi, everybody. Hi. Hello. Welcome to the show. And uh, just a quick question. Uh, have you had any other readings with Ms. Cat, Conjurman Ali, or any other readers or workers in your situation? No. All right. Thank you so much. And she writes, I need to find a job, and I feel like my magic is on vacation. Turning back to you, Miss Kat. All right. Um, so I also got a message here that was posted, first-time caller, long-time listener. Okay. Um, and uh, so there's a lot of sound in the background. I'm going to ask you a couple of questions, and then we probably will mute you after because it's a little hard to hear. Yeah. Um, uh, so, Lori, what is your sign of the zodiac? Uh, Camp, excuse me, Capricorn, Sun and Moon, and Aquarius rising. Okay, and uh, Aquarius rising, and um, and what is approximately your age? Oh, late forties. Late forties. Okay, and have you worked in any? Well, let me let me put it this way. What field have you worked in? You need to find a job. What what was the last job you had? Well, I work in the entertainment industry currently doing communications and PR, but I also do sustainability work. So um, it could be either of those. And I'm at the park with my kids, so I apologize for the background noise. Um, oh, but I do okay. that too. I, I, have, I have kids too that occupy my time. But it's really communications okay. and uh, sustainability work. And when you say sustainability work, you mean like from the standpoint of ecological sustainability? Yes. Okay. Got it. Okay. And how long have you been out of work? Well, I do um, writing gigs, and there's a company I do work for, um, entertainment work, but it's not full-time, and I need to – my kids are now old enough. I need to get back to work full-time. Ah, okay. All right, you need full-time work. All right, so now we kind of understand where you're at. We know what your capabilities are and your what your training is. Um, all right, so we're going to have Contraman Ali do the first reading. And Kat, may I just interject? I have done um, a honey jar spell and a candle moving spell I heard from your show, and I just completed a 13-day road opener manifesting spell, so I'm really excited to hear what else I can be doing to kind of move this, uh, heal the leak or get my mojo back or whatever it is I'm to do next. Thank you. Okay. All right. So you've done a honey jar, a road opener, candle spell, and you mentioned a third one? Uh, A candle-moving, uncrossing spell that I learned from you folks. Okay. And then I just finished a nine-day road opener and a four-day manifestation spell that uh, finished the nine-day. Miss Cat, can can I ask a question? Can I ask a question? I know. Laurie, have you just nailed nailed down? Have you just got out of a relationship? No. Okay. All righty. Let's turn this over to Ollie. He's going to do our first reading. Thanks, uh, all for that. Um, and the questions bought me time to cast my geomantic chart. So uh, it worked out wonderfully. Um, as usual, cat is a hoodoo psychic, I tell you. Um, so I've pulled up a chart here, and uh, I have good news for you. You will find a job. 
Um, and it's interesting is that I'm, as I do the geometric chart, I usually also have cards, and the cards reflect exactly what the chart is saying as well. Um, so looking at the chart, we look first at the 10th house. The 10th house is the house of careers. It's what tells us, uh, will you find a job, yes or no? And, and the answer is very clearly yes. Um, first, we have acquisitio in the 10th house, which is a, a figure of acquiring something. It is literally a, a bag in which gold is pouring into or coins are pouring into. So this says, that yes, you will find a job. We know that it says uh, it's yes because it is able to uh, connect to the first house, which is your house. Whenever there's that connection, that lets us know that there's a path forward there. Um, and it looks like you've done work to help yourself which is good because we see that in Fortuna Minor. Fortuna Minor is the, in the first house representing you. That means that you, you're able to kind of turn your luck around. It isn't going to be um, a, a quick turnaround. It's going to take a little bit of time, and you may require some outside assistance. So don't be afraid to work with a root worker in this situation or someone who may be a little bit more powerful than you in regards to magical work or spiritual work. Assist uh, what you've already done. But what you've done so far is fantastic and it builds a foundation. You just need, might need a little bit of a nudge. An alternative really great is lighting some candles with a spiritual church uh, to back up your work to kind of give it the oomph that it needs. So the question here is like, well, how, how is this going to come about? We look at the 10th house. We see Acquisitio. It passes to the 11th house. The 11th house is the house of friends. So you are going to have a connection vis-a-vis -a, -vis a friend, an ally, uh, someone that you have networked with, who is going to help you find a job. This person will be like, you know what, I, I know this one job that opened up, and I think it would be great for you. So keep your eyes out in regards to that. Keep your eyes peeled, keep your eyes open and your ears peeled to what your friends are able to offer you. Now, we ask, well, when is around roughly when is this job going to come about? We look again to the chart we calculated based off of the points that are arrived here, and it shows that it's going to come around uh, late winter, early spring. So we're looking at and uh, the beginning of uh, next year. So sometime probably around February or March. That's a couple months away. It may not seem uh, it may seem a little far off, but that's actually a very good turnaround. So we're looking at February and March. So the, that's what the the um, geomancy reading shows us. The looking at the shield chart, which gives us the right witness, the left witness, and the judge. We have the right witness, which is the past. This is tristitia. That means you're leaving something. You doing uncrossing work is a very good thing because it looks like there were blocks, things that were holding you down. Tristitia is a stake. Things that were holding you down. Doing the uncrossing work helps to open that up. And we see that in the left witness, which is Capitraconis, the head of the dragon. Things are opening up. And then finally in the judge in uh, Conjunctio, so an alliance is going to be made, a partnership of some sort that's going to help you. This is reflected almost perfectly in the three-card cut that I did. King of Wands, Ace of Pentacles, Ten of Cups. Uh, definitely ecological work. Definitely ecological work. Um, some type of passion project with an older male, someone who is likely a fire sign. That is where you're both going to find wealth and emotional satisfaction. So keep your eye out for an alliance. Keep your eye out for uh, a, a friend who's going to help open up some doors for you and make some connections for you. Look into the ecological side of things. There's with that you're going to find both money and emotional satisfaction there. It's going to take a few months. You're looking around February or March, but you will be able to land this job. 
Make sure you get the right root work and a little bit of a nudge along the way, and you will be good to go. That's what my reading says. Very positive, so I'm happy to report that. We're going to give this over to John, who's going to do your next reading, and then you're going to have Kat give you some root work recommendations. Thank you, Conjurman Ali. Uh, I had to get additional information. Uh, I had to deal a few more cards because what I'm seeing is uh, complicated. It's complicated because what I first uh, laid out was the gentleman in the coffin in the book, the closed book. And uh, the gentleman in the coffin usually means that you end a relationship with a gentleman, but it can also mean that you you close the lid on past conditions before you can move on. The book is usually a secret, something you don't know. So I needed more information. And if someone tells you that they've been trying to get a job for a long time and they can't, there's usually something that's preventing that. There's a blockage or something that they're bringing with them that's blocking that. And so this means that there's something from the past that has to be removed or um, closed, a situation that's bringing, I hate to use the word bad luck, but that's what it is. It's it's a bad energy into the current situation. It has to be buried and, and knocked down. However, the closed book means that there's something you don't know yet. And so the additional cards are the the rider and the double-headed clover, and this means that there's a, uh, a friend uh, who you haven't met yet who's willing to help you into a more fortunate path. And so... Um, the the magic you've described, and if we go into the cross section, we have the book and the double-headed clover, and that, that indicates magic work. That's root work. Um, the magic that you've been doing, we go backward. It's the double-headed clover in the coffin. Uh, has not been the right work, root work. You've been trying to attract a job, and you need to attract an ally. And uh, hmm. so you see that's the thing. you got to go into the side door here. Uh, and uh, sometimes with uh, magic, you don't go right on the nose. You don't go straight ahead. You have to go through the side door or the back door. And uh, and that's briefly what I have to say. I want to, I want to turn you over to Miss Cat, and she'll give you the, the the you know the bottom line and the uh, the true the truth of on this. She'll get you right on the nose. So I think you need an ally more than you need to attract job work. You need to attract the ally who's going to. It, it's like dominoes falling, is what I'm trying to say, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, uh, oh, over to you, Miss Cat. All right, all right, I understand. Well, <laughs> excuse me. Um, the The idea of getting a friend to help you is always a, a wonderful way to work, and I see this so often in people who want a job. They don't understand that networking can be spiritual as well as mundane. So let's start with mundane. I want you to get all the business cards of all the people you know and just ask them, hey, can I have your business card? All the people you know in the same field of communication, ecological justice, um, whatever it might be, um, you know, whether you do entertainment, voiceovers, website design, whatever it is, you want to get as many business cards as you can together. I want you to make a little, you know, little pile or nest of those business cards Literally, like, put them in a bowl and sort of line, like like it was straw or hay for a little bird to sit in. Then I want you to put coins in that nest. And because you mentioned you had children, I want you to use Sacagawea dollar coins. That's the Native American lady with the baby 
papoose on her back. I always recommend every woman who wants to rejoin the workforce after some part-time work or time out or not being fully employed must use these Sacagawea coins for the absolute benefit of having people want to hire a woman with a child, right? Because some people don't want to do that. So we're going to do that. You can also sweeten the pot with some other coins, pennies, nickels, dimes, whatever you like. But I want those Sacagawea coins in there. At the bottom of the nest, I want you to put your um, your prayer for work. You can use, if it was a bowl, you might use a circular cutout of, um, you know, a, a, a piece of paper circle on which you write your own um, prayer and desire. Um, May all my friends help me find a job. And every one of those friends' cards, I want you to dress and dust with some um, helpful uh, attraction uh, powder. You can use that to dust their business cards. You can also uh, dress the uh, coins with uh, Look Me Over oil. You can put Look Me Over on the cards, too, if you like Look Me Over powder. But you want to make this little nest, and when you pray over it, and on your piece of paper at the bottom, I want you to say, when I get my job, all of this money goes to, and you're going to name it, whatever ecological group you like, Earth Justice, or whatever it may be, you know, just all of this goes to Wildlife SOS of India, whatever it is you want it to go to, you're going to call it out, and you are going to send them that money. But in the meantime, you can collect and add business cards, and they're going to go all around the edge, and you're going to add money, and I want you to work with this, um, and there's no candle to burn, there's nothing to burn, there's there's no nothing to do but to add money to the bowl, and add business cards, and then speak to those people. Say, I got um, Doc Murphy's card, and I say, Hey, Doc Murphy, I just, you know, I'm I'm adding your card to my friends list here. You're one of the people. When you hear of a job for me, Doc Murphy, give me a call, right? And you kiss that card, pray over it, put it in the little the little bird nest, and you put in one coin for Doc Murphy. You say, uh, Doc Murphy, this coin will be donated to Wildlife SOS of India in your name when I get my job. Right? You just keep doing that. Right? I want you to end up with a big bowl of coins because you got to go till maybe February or March. Right? But one of those friends whose business cards you put in will be of help to you. And we just need to know that you're hitting on all cylinders. These can be, by the way, people you only know online, possibly. If they don't have a business card, print out their little Facebook image and put their picture in, well, you know, John St. Germain, you're my friend on Facebook. John St. Germain, tell me if you hear of a of a job for me where I live, you know, in the, the uh, field that I'm working in, uh, ecological um, work and uh, entertainment together. I'm going to be making spot ads for the ecology, whatever it is you want. John, if you know of such a thing, let me know. Kiss his little picture and... Um, Put his paper in, put a coin. And when and when you do, John, when you let me know, this coin will be donated to wherever it is uh, in your name. And you're going to put them all together, right, whoever it is. And um, Doc Murphy says, put your LinkedIn profile printout. What a great idea. Thank you, Doc Murphy. Yeah, you can print out your LinkedIn profile and put that paper. Again, I would like it cut in a circle. You can also use, and someone's going to call me out which one, one of the seals of Solomon for prosperity or any one of the uh, Galderbach sigils. You can find these online for for job getting and prosperity. Um, If you get to the point where you're being interviewed, call us back and we'll give you some other ideas. There are certainly many, many ideas, but one of the best would be gravel root and salt. Um, 
to carry in your pocket, but that's a different kind of thing. We need to get you set up so that somebody is working for you, helping you, and um, and get, getting you to go. Does anyone else have some other things to add? We've got about a minute left here. How about you, John? Gosh, for attracting, uh, attracting allies, I think that's really good. Um, uh, what I would add is be sure you follow through. You know, don't, as soon as you get your job, say, I'm going to take all these uh, Sacagaweas and go out, uh, you know, buy a soda with it. Uh, be sure you follow through. <laughs> Keep That's the promises. Right. And I'm going, to tell you, I'm going to tell you, this kind of work, it does work. I've, I've, I had a client recently, she had been trying to get a new job for uh, years. I'm literally, years, she, she hated where she worked. And we, we just did a few very simple things like that. And she emailed me days later and said, I got an interview. And I said, well, okay, then we're going to do some work to make sure you get that job. And she said, I got the job. So this, when you change the way you think and you change your approach, you're going to change the results. So I, I believe this will work. And, and you got to believe, you got to really believe that's going to happen too. Um, you can't let the past predict the future. You really can't. And I think that's what part of this message was, don't let the past predict the future. That's right. And um, you felt that you had lost your magic, and what we're trying to do is get you as many allies as possible. Do you have something to right. add, Ali? Yeah, the only thing I was going to add is that the second pentacle of Jupiter would be ideal for I what that was mentioning. It's great for attracting uh, glory, riches, friendship, um, and I use it often for job getting, but also for, for bringing in wealth and bringing in allies in particular. Jupiter is, uh, the, the force of Jupiter is not is expanding. And as an astrological uh, power, it is about uh, friendships and allies. Uh, so it, Jupiter rules those things. So definitely work with that pentacle. Um, working on Thursdays is also a good day of doing this type of work. Thursdays and Sundays. So if you're going to time the type of work that you're doing, Thursdays and Sundays are going to work really, really well for you. Um, I have nothing further to add beyond that because this is really, really good work. The only thing I'm going to say is make sure that you get some backup for your work because you need a little bit of a nudge. You can do this by ordering candles from a spiritual uh, church, uh, you know, uh, one of the uh, allies of the Missionary Independent. Um, and you can also... Um, or, or Missionary Independent itself, though I'm not sure if they're lighting candles quite yet. We're not lighting um, candles yet, but we will. Not but yet. Divine Harmony, uh, Divine Harmony, you set lights for people, right, John? Yeah, yes, uh, Divine Harmony does candle services. We do vigils and, and also full altars. There you That's go. right, and so does so does four altars down in Southern California. But you've been talking mm-hmm. with John, so there's a good one to go to. That's the only uh, addition I have, or or hire a, a root worker to gui- give you a little bit of guidance or, or right. push in the right direction. But other than that, this is solid, solid work, and I think it's going to yeah, open when some you doors. Get, just... When you get the call, when you get the call to go in for interviews, you're going to want a mojo to carry with you for job getting. Oh, we'll yeah. get to that later. Okay, we'll get to that. Certainly. But you don't want to. You want to get that going. All right. Well, we wish you all the best. There is a little delay, but you are going to win. You are going to get what you want. You will get a good job. Just keep focused on the friend or ally who's going to be the one who tells you about the job. Okay? Step at a time. That's right. All right. Well, we're going to turn this over to our recorded announcer with um, the technical electronic department, and then Papa Newt will bring on our free spell with John St. Germain.
The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ollie, Sundays, 3 to 4.30, the Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays, 5 to 6, Fit and Foxy, Madame Nadia and Jaya Dania, Wednesdays, 6 to 7, and The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix Le Fay, Fridays, 6 to 7, all time specific, add three hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. And now it's time for our free spell segment with John St. Germain of johnstgermain.com in Knoxville, Tennessee. Take it away, John. Ah, uh, thank you, Papa Newt. Well, uh, I'm going to give you a... Uh, uh, basically a charm uh, for your house. It, it's a charm of protection and to bless your house and to heal your house. And this is especially good if your house has suffered a loss, if you've lost a family member or a pet. And uh, I'm going to tell you that uh, you can do this with a, uh, a crucifix. You can get an olive wood crucifix, and you can buy these from most churches or online. And uh, if you're a um, non-Christian, use a holy uh, relic of any sort. Um uh, uh, Buddhists can get a, a Dharma wheel or an Om. Uh, a Jewish person can use uh, a Star David. Um, uh, a Hindu can use uh, um, a small symbol. You can use any kind of symbol you like. You can just use a piece of wood. In fact, you can use a piece of cedar chip. But you want to dress it with a house blessing oil. And you also want to make a small bag, uh, an herbal bag. And this is just a piece of cloth. And in it, you're going to put uh, herbs of your condition. Now, if you want healing, um, I like to use three Balmagilead, uh buds. And I like to use uh, three self-heal pieces. And self-heal has those little puffs on them, those little buds on them. You can, whatever you think of as three. <laughs> you know, three twigs, three buds, <laughs> three pieces. And three cocoa beans. And the use of cocoa beans uh, isn't traditional hoodoo, but I learned it from um, uh, Mother Sylvia, who taught me a long time ago. She used cocoa beans for a number of things. So she said, she said, Johnny, the spirits like it. And uh, so uh, <laughs> I said, okay, so the spirits like chocolate. And I've used them quite a bit to attract uh, pleasant spirits. And uh, so three cocoa beans, and you'll just tie them up in a little sack and hang them from the cross and put the cross somewhere in your house. Now, there's a lot of things that will help you with house blessing, and if you just want to find stuff around your house, you can use basil and bay leaf, and you can use um, rosemary and uh, cedar. If you have cedar, uh, the little uh, needles from cedar or pine uh, will help you with this. And you can also uh, take uh, salt, and you get kosher salt, and you pray over it and mix it with hyssop and eucalyptus and sprinkle it in the corners of your house. And when you pray over it, uh, I'm going to give you a prayer um that uh it's an old Irish prayer and I even um I gave uh, Nagashiva a link online for house blessing prayers. I actually found this one online but I've been using it for a long time and when I do a house blessing this is the prayer I use. It and uh, it goes as follows God bless the corners of this house and be the lintel blessed and bless the hearth and bless the board and bless each place of rest. Bless each door that opens wide to strangers and to kin, and bless each crystal window pane that lets the sun shine in, and bless the roof tree overhead and every sturdy wall, the peace of man, the peace of God, the peace of love to all. 
Wow. And that's the house blessing. Now, I've just, got to, I've just got to jump in, and sure. Ollie will know what I'm talking about. This is the Anglo-Irish Enchantment Scansion. Mm-hmm. Right? Right, Ollie? You know what yes, I'm talking very, about, man? Very right. Uh, very much. No Anglo-Irish uh, blessing is complete unless it's in that scansion. Many mm-hmm. curious things I see when telling fortunes in IT. Mm-hmm. I mean, yep. it's the Anglo-Irish scansion. This is something that no academic has ever written about. Will some so academic true. please come forth? <laughs> this You're absolutely right. It's very, it's very uh, Irish. It is very Irish. It, it, but this scansion even goes into having become the preferred scansion of Hallmark greeting cards. Mm-hmm. Isn't it funny? This yes. Is, and, 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 yes. And many dirty poems. And many dirty <laughs> poems, right. This is, there is something about, I mean, someone and it might, might have been Gershon Legman. He certainly wrote about about uh, the poet, folk poetry and, and dirty poems at that. But somebody needs to write about the magical enchantment that uses this scansion above all others in Anglo-Irish folklore. Wow. That's a beautiful, 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 beautiful uh, enchantment in that tradition. Thank you so much. I love it. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome. It's just a little thing. No, but to me, you you know, the minute you started, I went da 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 da. You know, I know where we're going, right, right. man. I, I know I, it's got such a nice rolling scan, and I've used the yeah. Lord's Prayer and and everything. But this this is good for everybody. It's good for anybody of uh, it's it's non denominational, which is you know, my church is non denominational. You know, anybody's welcome, and that's another role mm-hmm. of the spiritual church. It's non denominational, and everybody's welcome. And if you're a spiritualist minister or a unity minister. Um, we performed same-sex ceremonies long before they were legal. We welcomed everybody mm-hmm. into our church, regardless of race, mm-hmm. regardless of gender, regardless of gender orientation or preference. And we opened our doors to anybody with a good heart. And as I always say, if, if you have a bad heart and you want to be good, you're welcome too. We don't. <laughs> we we do not refuse anybody to cross our, that our is- door. That's. That is so, so welcoming. That's beautiful. Well, this house blessing prayer and the use of olive wood, I'm just going to say something else about that. Um, You mentioned a Jew might use the Star of David, but I'm going to go back to Legends of Incense, Urban Oil Magic by the pseudonymous Louis de Claremont, who, as probably we can guess, was the son of a pharmacist, and he was a perfumer, and he probably was Jewish because he sold a lot yep. of Judaica as well as being the first person to mention a lot of hoodoo tricks in print ever. And he was really a, an interesting person, served a black community, but he came from the Jewish community. He used to sell a little bag, and it was called Dirt from the Mount of Olives. And if you look in mm-hmm. Legends of Incense, Urban Old Magic, you'll see that little bag. He sold it very cheaply. And the question is, of course, why would someone want dirt from the Mount of Olives? But it was to use for a house blessing packet similar to this. Beautiful way to work. And, um, of course, another thing that Jews might use would be a mezuzah, which is put on the yeah. doorposts. And, uh, of course, we have our whole Jewishy way to, to pray. But this this um, Irish prayer is so uh, uh, adaptable to any denomination, any religion. It's just a beautiful, beautiful folkloric Irish prayer, and I love it. It's nice. It's nice. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's so simple and accessible, too, and that's what these 
I think sometimes we, we forget in the in these type of workings. Um, people attempt to make it so ceremonial and so elaborate. You know, you need uh, these rare ingredients that are spun by the hands of a virgin and whatnot. But in reality, uh, a lot of a lot of kind of folk magic is folk magic, right? It's folk people, and it's accessible. It's easily done, and it has its own beauty there that's in its simplicity. Yeah, that's uh, it's exactly what it is. Very beautiful. Um, now, um, I'm going to say one more thing before I bring Papa Newt on. That olive wood cross, I have been um, blessed many times with by someone who gave me an olive wood cross to hold while they did the blessing on me. And, Correct, um, yes. And, and that is a very also very traditional in Protestant and spiritualist churches mm-hmm. that come from the Protestant tradition, where the person to be healed holds an olive wood cross. Just saying. And uh, in fact, I had that done to be by Mama Star Cassis, and it was very, very beautiful ceremony that she did for me while I held the olive wood cross. And then she gave it to me. It was a little souvenir piece that you then give to the client. Very lovely work that she did. All right, I'm going to turn this over to Papa Newt, and he's going to take us away with the announcer closing. <laughs> thank you, Miss Cat and Countryman Ali, and thank you, John St. Germain of johnstgermain.com in Knoxville, Tennessee, for being our guest this week. We invite you to join us next week when our special guest from the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers will be Miss Michael of hoodoofoundry.com in Willits, California. Once again, we come to an end of another Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California. You can find Miss Cat via the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and Contraman Ali at Contraman.com in Mission Viejo, California. I'm your announcer, Papa Newt, joining you from PapaNewt.com in Omaha, Nebraska. The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rubric Hour can be heard every week live on Log Talk Radio at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, and the shows are available in archive via LuckyMojo.com slash RadioShow.html. For all episodes of Lucky Mojo, I'd like to say thank you for being here and invite you to tune in once again next week at the same time when you'll hear the familiar strains of the Memphis Trick Band playing the Doug Band Vault. Thanks, everybody. Goodbye. Thank you very much, Papa Newt. And thank you, John St. Germain. We're going to have to come back and talk more about spiritualist traditions. We didn't even get into yes. Kardecian spiritualism. This mm-hmm. time. We didn't get, we we didn't get into a lot of things. Uh, <laughs> I'm talking about spirit communication right now on the Crystal Silence League Hour. Oh, my gosh. We didn't even mention the Crystal Silence League Hour. So quickly... The Crystal Silence League is a prayer chain that comes out of the uh, Association of Spiritual Churches that we are all members of. And for gosh sake, go to the Crystal Silence League if you need some prayers. And that's the end of our show. So, good night, all. (laughs) Good night, all. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.